Aloha Maui Nui. This is uh, Josh Porter here. And Jason Burkhart on time. Welcome to the Solar Coaster. Welcome. Jay's actually uh, here in, in, in studio. He's uh, not, not, not a hologram. He's a real person, I think. Well, we've been talking about that all day, right? <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to uh, Solar Coaster episode 86. This is the year-end show. Like everybody, we're kind of wrapping up the year. Uh, we'd like to take a moment and kind of talk about what we learned this year. I mean, this show is all about education, right? That's that's the yeah. reason why we do it. So we're going we're gonna to go through our shows, figure out who we talk to, why we talk to them, and get an overarching picture of what really renewable energies look like in 2018 and going for hopefully going forward. What's the big takeaway? What's yeah. the big takeaway? We're, 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 and there's there's some huge movement this year in this conversation. I think it just gets bigger and bigger. And so, yeah, we're going to have an opportunity and, and give a go at this. We were up late last night running through all our shows, 51 episodes <laughs> yeah, prior. Yeah, what did you say? We finally, basically gave ourselves a final exam. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> a final, <laughs> like, oh, we have to make sense out of all this. Oh, all right. uh-huh. There's a couple of... Um, of, of of Porter and Verkart uh, clones sitting here in the studio with us. Uh, you guys want to say hi? Special guests. You can say yeah. hello. Introduce yourself. Oh, hi. I'm Julia Porter. Porter, there you go. You need to identify which one you belong to. Uh, hi, I'm Dylan Burkhart. There you go. Nice, All right. nice, great. So these are our kids. Thanks for coming in, guys. And, uh, you know, this is, uh, like, uh, clearly this is impo- a key piece of this conversation here. Uh, what kind of world are we leaving to our children yeah so absolutely that's what it is so okay let's jump into our housekeeping we'll get into our news and events and go right into this so hey folks we are the solar coaster renewable energy theme talk show right here in lovely maui county we can be found fridays at 105 p.m on koi 11 10 a.m also have some fm stations 96 7 fm central maui 96 5 fm west side 98 7 fm up country we've got a great website you keep saying that the website's getting better we've got a lot of plans for this I upcoming like next year i like i like it too it's got a lot of pictures of what we've done, but it's actually <laughs> going to be a lot more useful going into the next year for folks out there who are actually looking for energy. So keep an eye on this space, www.solar-coaster.com. That's solar-coaster.com. You can listen live, uh, check out all our old shows. After this show, you may actually want to go back and listen to a particular show. We'll try to keep the show numbers uh, coming out so you can mm-hmm. find them quickly, but all the titles are pretty obvious there. Um, but you can also scroll down the bottom, uh, sign up for our mailing list, and um, most importantly, get your questions on the air. If you can't call in or don't want to call in uh, for whatever reason, you can actually fill out the form there and get your questions right to us. Uh, we're also available on a number of podcast platforms. iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn all carry the Solar Coaster. Just uh, type in Solar Coaster and look for our little yellow SC logo. There you go. Okay, we've had a great uh, stable of sponsors that have kept the Solar Coaster on air for 85 episodes, believe it or not. Maui Solar Project, Tabuchi Electric America, Sonin, Pika Energy and Sundrum Solar, and you've been waiting for this one. Our newest sponsor for 2019, Pantech Designs. Pantech Thank you. Pantech Designs is getting on board. We really appreciate you guys for uh, stepping up and helping keep the solar coaster on the air. And I'm not gonna take too much time because there was plenty of time to talk about Pantech and all the amazing stuff <laughs> we, they we do. But we one of the biggest kind of most exciting things that came away from SPI this year was Pantech because they're integrating, uh, you know, smart house features into energy storage and solar systems, right. and, and creating this this new world of home energy Which automation. kind of blew my mind because it was one of those obvious things. You know, the real genius moments when, oh, that's so obvious and I wish, why didn't I think of it? Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. One, it's one of those. There's anyway, this is a call-in show. It's uh, 242-7800. That's 808-242-7800 is the call-in line. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, or uh, interesting observations about our year of shows, certainly give us a call. Let us know. All right. So let's go right into our news and events and uh, we'll see what's going on in the world today. 
Okay, Egypt today. What is Egypt doing today? 2018 highlight, <laughs> Egypt inaugurates largest solar power plant worldwide. I didn't get the figures on this. How big is this thing? Uh, absolutely monstrous. They have uh, 1.5 gigawatt of solar across 14.3 square miles. <laughs> 1.5 gigawatts. Gigawatt. No, that's, yeah, that's with the G. Um, unbelievable project. It's, yeah, like they said, the basic, basically the largest one, <clears throat> pardon, largest one in the world. Um, the Egyptian Electricity Tele Transmission Company, EETC, will buy the power at an effective rate of 7.8 cents per kilowatt hour. 7.8 cents per kilowatt hour. Okay, gotcha. Man, that is amazing. Just gigantic. I mean, 14 square miles, more than 14 square miles, all just solar. <laughs> right. Okay. Wow. Spectacular stuff. I mean, we get to see them like ra ratcheting up here. And there's a whole bunch of figures in this article. It's on Egypt today, folks. Uh, you can check that out and you can get all the numbers and all the amazing things and the $1.8 billion it took to finance this thing, the tens of thousands of people that are involved in building it and all these amazing things that are these, these superlatives across the board in Egypt. So fantastic stuff uh, to see that going on there. What else do we have here, Jay? What's the one that's going on? We had something from, um, uh, was it the tracker conversation? Is that the one? What's the next one? Um, I have uh, year-end reflections oh, there it is. Yep. Um, from a solar veteran. This is on Green Tech Media, and uh, Solar's, Vote Solar's Adam Browning offers up a whole lot of picks from what happened in 2018 and what's going forward. 100% um, is the new black. <laughs> Every, <laughs> I like that a lot. Uh, everybody is out there. If you're a municipality or a state or, or um, whatever, you're it, just it's declaring that you're going to go 100% um, either renewable or carbon free is is really the the only it's, way to go. Uh, and there's every, everybody's it's, it's everybody's kind of a trend. It's a big it's, trend, right? Absolutely it's, big I think trend. It's almost like they're scrambling around in different municipalities saying, "Hey, we got to do this thing, and we got to do it more aggressive." And we saw, you know, Hank. We're going to talk about Hank a little bit, you know, shortly. But Hank yep. had a big uh, Hank Rogers, uh, one of a longtime contributor and friend to the solar coaster, had a big play in helping Governor Ige kind of, you know, write the 100% renewable energy mandate through Blue Planet Foundation, I believe, yep. for uh, Hawaii. That was the first. Then you had California. Then you had Colorado. Now you have New York. And then you have uh, D.C. And everyone's kind of scrambling to do it faster and more aggressive. And right. We see, we've seen we've seen the numbers come way down. It started in 2050 and it was 2045. And now they're talking about 2033. <laughs> you know, yeah. They're just trying to, trying to back down those numbers. And it actually makes a lot of sense. One of the things we did kind of pick up on over the year was that you can actually benefit over the long term if you just bite the bullet and start and do the conversion now as opposed to slowly rolling it out uh, over right. the right. next 20 30 years right there's actually economic benefits to deploying more quickly more quickly right? than less yes yes right i remember that conversation okay that was one of the things we learned this year yeah so yep. what else is going on in this article this is a big one right um, yeah, old old coal and new nukes did not have a good year. Um, nobody really wants to build uh, new nuclear power plants. And I guess this is nuclear fission. Uh, we did talk about fusion uh, mm -hmm. one show ago, <laughs> and we'll get back to that as well. But um, nobody really wants to invest in these these technologies uh, going forward. It's it's what I was trying to explain early on in the year, I believe, was that there's kind of a couple thresholds where it really makes sense to start getting into renewables. And that's one of the big ones is when you're building a new, a new power plant of whatever size, and it's actually cheaper to build renewable stuff mm -hmm. rather than you're uh, building right. a building an old, a traditional fusion, a fission reactor or something. Um, and we've passed that threshold quite a bit ago. 
Right. Yeah. That's the that's a really key kind of first threshold to, to pass. Right. And yep. uh, same I mean, same thing for peaker plants that that all went went away. I mean, nobody nobody wants to do new um, gas fired. We're talking um, uh, natural gas uh, fired power plants for peaker use because they just cost too much to maintain. And if we build them now, then they're going to be kind of um, stranded assets. Yeah, and these, the, and, the and, 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 and folks, these um these 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 concepts and these this language isn't coming from you know Mother Jones or, or even HuffPost. I mean, this is coming from Bloomberg and Forbes and you know like yeah. pretty, pretty <laughs> mainstream uh, periodicals and groups that are you know analyzing this. I mean, this language here, solar plus storage is emerging as a gas killer. Lithium-ion battery prices have improved eighty percent in the past eight years per Bloomberg New Energy Finance. Yep. Uh, you know, pretty reputable organizations that are saying this is what's happening in the world today. Um, any other big takeaways here? Uh, number five. Uh, there's a lot. I mean, you, you really do want to read it. If you're interested in this stuff at all, read through the article. Uh, very insightful stuff going into 2019. We're going to touch on a few of those topics. Uh, but we need to move on because we have a lot to talk about Absolutely. Today. Wow, that's a great article right there. Yeah, okay. It really is. Well, very quickly then, right? Hawaii taxpayers. We got this actually. Marco, thank you for sending this out to us. And we saw it here on Pacific Business News. Um, Hawaii taxpayers claim close to $86 million in renewable energy tax credits in 2016. Uh, and so that says, I mean, it says it all right there, really. You have a, uh, you have this particular piece of policy that's been put in place that has really done an amazing job at catalyzing and, and, and getting um, solar adoption off the ground. Yeah, absolutely. And um, 86 million is, is nothing to sneeze at. There's a better number in here. It's actually between 2011 and 2016. So mm -hmm. including this, it was actually $1.87 billion. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. Wow. Okay, well, we'll have to look at the math on that and how this is, how, what type of an investment that is and how it pans out for this state. But I have really good, uh, I'm very optimistic about that being a very valuable step for our state. Yeah, and that, that's, not, that's not slated to expire anytime soon, is it? The, not that the, I'm aware of. Yeah, the and, state. And, and then from a state-by-state -state perspective, actually, when you marry up that 35% uh, uh, state tax credit with the 30% federal tax credit, that's one of the things that makes solar work so well. Of course, you, you do that in comparison with the cost of electricity in Hawaii, which is also very high. So we've got those kind of big drivers. Uh, yeah, that's one of the, most, one of the reasons why we really, we really do excel at, at this, this transition. Yeah. Um, the final news item is Maui Electric is proposing to take over the Jump Smart network, which is for your, your EV charging. You've seen the stations all around the island. Um, there's eight of them, I believe, mm -hmm. in the network. It was a joint um, collaboration collaboration between mm -hmm. the, the nation of Japan, uh, Hitachi, uh, Miko, and a couple other um, vendors to roll out this this test platform for EV. There's about a thousand EV users on the island and they all subscribe to a monthly service to have these chargers available in kind of central useful locations. Mm -hmm. all, the, all the, the locations that were selected, that were, selected were, were all chosen because they um, met a specific need. So you had a lot of people trying to cross the island so they had ones out that way. You have a lot of people that come to the mall, they had one there. Um, those types of places. Uh, going forward, <clears throat> Miko wants to take those stations, expand upon them, make sure they support every uh, type of vehicle, which is always always an issue when you're looking for a plug that fits your car, uh, and then um, and expand upon it. Uh, the subscription model, however, from what I understand, it will be going away. So we're looking to, to get information on exactly what we got to get that's a, next. We, we, we got to get access to this uh, to this uh, to, to to Miko on this. We did put out a couple of queries this morning. Well, they're, I mean, they're very busy, and yep. and a, a number of key personnel are actually taking the holiday. But what 
I'm so, seeing here, which is just interesting, just is these rates, right? The mm -hmm. uh, part of the proposal includes a new EV Maui rate that is based on the existing rate already approved for Maui. Currently on Maui, the EVU rate is 49 cents per kilowatt hour between 9 and 5, 62 between 5 and 10, and 60 between 10 and 9. It, why is that so high? Uh, well, it's not tremendously higher than your average rate, right? Your, your regular house rate. S but, um, I mean, they have to maintain all these facilities. They're purchasing, mm -hmm. installing, and maintaining all of these facilities. So that's a, that's a well, we an have to ad. Do, we have to do the math on that and determine, like, how that affects how the, overall, really... uh, the overall, you know, return on investment of, of just making the choice. For right. Everybody. We did. Right? We did I don't do... think we've used that math. No, I don't think we've used those numbers. Okay. Uh, the numbers that I'd used were, were uh, home, home yeah, electricity tra rates. Traditional residential yeah. uh, RTAF rates. Okay, okay. That's what's going on in Hawaii and Maui. Yep. And, uh, you know, we're going to do, we're actually going to move over to our main focus right away and jump into what our, our game plan is for the show today. So, yep. uh, you know, it is the uh, 52nd episode of the year uh, and you know it is an educational show we do uh, we do hope to arrive at a, at a greater kind of conclusion later on down the road for all the time and discussion and energy put into this and I think we did I mean mm -hmm. we certainly discovered some some things to this year that it's blew my mind away it's been an amazing year yeah absolutely right. we, we, we saw a whole lot of new interesting business models come in we saw a lot of cross-pollination between old tech and new tech um, but there's the, I mean the reason why we do this at all is because of the kids because we need this planet to continue to be able to support human life <laughs> right and there are maybe about four big rocks in this conversation as, as we've been discussing it mm. you have what's going on with climate change you have just over the last few months the ipcc and the federal government coming out and making these kind of dire predictions and assessments of what's happening around the globe right now and how far down the road climate change is uh so you have that kind of that's state of affairs, yep. and that kind of frames everything in a sense. And then the question is, well, what are our options? And um, so of course, there is um, one of the big ones is just our last show, which is this concept of terrestrial fusion. Right. How do we go about producing our energy without uh, belching out carbon dioxide and greenhouse gases to make our planet unlivable? Well, terrestrial fusion is a great solution. One problem. What's that, Jay? Timeline. Uh, we it won't be ready for another 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> at least, at least. And we had uh, Mark Mark Henderson, I think was Correct. his name. And yep. we're going to get more time with Mark uh, in the near future. Amazing movie out there. Let there be yeah, light. It was unfortunate he was delayed. Um, if you in. listen to the last show, he was, he was he was his flight was delayed, and we weren't able to get him in for the full for the full time frame. Um, I had offline an amazing conversation with him early, early, earlier in the day. Um, tremendous wealth of knowledge, and he's he's all about championing for um, cleaner energy mm. because that's. The only way, the only way forward, in his mind, and I think most of ours now. Um. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, terrestrial fusion isn't going to happen in in enough time it, to it's not, yeah, to, it's not to close enough. Climate, climate right. change, the climate change timeline, and the terrestrial fusion development timeline. Those things don't necessarily work uh, together. So we need to do something in the meantime. Now you might be thinking, uh, Elon Musk style, that we're going to get on a, uh, on a on a spaceship and go to Mars or try another planet out. Sure. Uh, but from what you're telling me, Jay, we didn't do a show on this yet, but that looks like it may not be an option for us. No, there was, there, was, there was, yeah, there was a NASA report recently that um, they were, I mean, they do a lot of research into going to Mars and doing things these days. That's, that's their big, their next big target is human exploration for Mars. And uh, everybody talks about terraforming. I mean, you go back and, and look at old movies and stuff and they want, they want to turn Mars green. Um, well, the latest probes and data and everything we have says that there is not enough material on the planet Mars to actually be able to terraform it. So there's not enough 
water or so we can't create an chemicals. atmosphere. We can't. We, we can't, can't replicate even, And even if we could create an atmosphere, there the magnetosphere of Mars doesn't allow for you, it to stay. The, the atmosphere would be ripped away by solar wind as um, just as you're generating it. So okay. there's there's almost no point. So and so that is an important part of the discussion because we don't really have another option within the solar system at the moment. Mm -hmm. uh, that certainly isn't going to happen within the timeline of climate change either. And right. that brings us back down to what we do. Which We're is, stuck here. We need to fix it. <laughs> we live here on this great planet and we have to figure out how to fix it. And it's going to be renewable energies, possibly. And of course, According to Mark Henderson, almost uh, inevitably, uh, with the addition of fission, which is a very controversial discussion, nuclear fission, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. There's Those are traditional nuclear reactors. Now, right. I, th I still think that, like I said, we've, we've kind of hit that tipping point where it makes more sense to do solar and batteries or wind and batteries or whatever, your intermittent mm -hmm. energy sources and some kind of energy storage, as opposed to building a, an entirely new fission reactor. However, the ones we have that are already operating probably should stay where they are wow which is which, is a, which is a controversial opinion for a lot of people definitely uh controversial stuff but that looks like the uh the formula or the kind of the basic path forward as per the people that we've met over throughout the year um but why are we doing this what are we talking about we do want to hear from uh the kids in the room about the world that we're going to leave y'all yeah so sorry. um what do you think juju uh, can i call you juju or i have to call you julia which uh, one do you prefer it's fine. Either one's fine. Okay. So, Julia, what's your what's your thought on this as a as a representative of the founders generation? I think it's called, right? Uh, okay. Maybe. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, we are gonna have to live in it for the next like what at least fifty, sixty years. So, and. Well, I would hope medical care would Hopefully. get a little better, and you'd be <laughs> going going longer. going even further than that. <laughs> but sure. Um. Yeah, it's just, it's really important because, I don't know, year, maybe like 10, 20 years ago, people were like, oh, the world is going to, the ice caps are going to start melting, global warming is going to start happening, we have to, have to uh, be more aware of what we're doing in order to stop this. But at this point, it's already happened. Mm -hmm. yeah. So people are saying, oh, we have to make sure this doesn't happen, but it already kind of happened. Mm -hmm. And I think people are starting to finally realize that because, like, all the fires and the melting and the heat and everything. So, mm -hmm. what does that feel like? Yeah, seriously, that's amazing. How about you, Dylan? What do you think? Is it scary for you to have to think about that stuff? <laughs> no. Not really. Not really. You haven't. You haven't. You haven't thought about it too much. I've I've explained I've explained the concept of the show a number of times to Dylan, but I don't know if he really really understands it yet. <laughs> and just for our listeners, say here, Julia's fourteen, and Dylan, how old are you? Uh, 11. You're 11? Okay, mm -hmm. okay. So really part of the younger generation here. And uh, are there any other thoughts? I mean, like, I, I would think, I don't know. Yeah, what's up, Dale? So for what Julio is saying, if you pollute, um, it goes out into the atmosphere and it stays there and it will put in the heat from the sun but it won't let it out so all the heat stays in the earth mm -hmm. and then it too hot for coral and it will melt all the ice and all the plants will die so our food resources will die mm. and all the animals like coral will get extinct and some will stay alive by evolving 
and take over, but it won't be us. Mm. So we have to stop. Mm. That's pretty good. That's pretty deep. Okay. That's pretty deep, man. <laughs> Thanks, Dylan. I like that. Excellent. Well, <clears throat> is there anything you want, else you want to add, Juju? Or um, yeah, maybe. I don't know, because I do know that there are a lot of adults and people of your generation that do actually care about what's going on, like you guys do. But some of our world leaders don't, which is kind of really bad because they're in charge of keeping us safe and leading us as a society. Yeah. And I we the U.S. pulled out of the Paris Climate Accords, right? Yeah. Well, we actually can't until 2020. Mm. But um, current president has said many times that we will be yeah. withdrawing as soon as we are legally able to. Yeah. I just think that's a problem because the U.S. is a really big, powerful country. And if we pull out, that's... What kind of message does that send? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not really leading in a good way. Bad. Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thanks so much, kids. That's really uh, wonderful to hear. It means a lot to us. I know me personally, I can see Jay yeah, is really uh, appreciative of hearing that message, guys. So uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to talk about um, the year and about what our experience have been over 51 episodes and try to figure out the answer to that problem the best we can. Okay. Before then, we're going to hear from our commercials, uh, from our sponsors. Uh, on a commercial break, we'll come right back in. We're going to pop into episode number one of 2018. Okay. Aloha and welcome to Maui Solar Project. It is easy to feel rejuvenated just stepping outside on a magnificent Hawaiian day. Maui Solar Project is here to help harness that energy you feel in your body and use it to power your homes and businesses. As Laura tells us, Maui harnessed the sun so as to slow its path across the sky. Join Maui Solar Project as we harness the sun's energy and slow Hawaii's dependence on fossil fuels. Call Maui Solar Project at 269-2352. MauiSolarProject.org. Tabuchi Electric. A leading worldwide inverter manufacturer presents the second generation of the eco-intelligent battery system, the IBIS. Tabuchi's grid-friendly system includes a high-efficiency inverter, stackable batteries, and integration with Jelly software for the most adaptable battery storage system on the market. The system is optimized for energy management and cost performance. Maximize your solar investment with Tabuchi's electric eco-intelligent battery system. The Sonin Battery Eco is an energy storage solution that utilizes intelligent energy management software. The system is available in a variety of storage capacities and allows for expansion. Sonin Battery Eco allows you to save money by harvesting energy from your solar PV system and using that stored energy when rates are more expensive. Sonin Battery Eco is specifically designed to provide you and your family peace of mind in the event of power outage. Our unique power detection system will sense outages in real time and automatically switch over to battery power. See Sonin Battery Eco at sonin-battery.com. MIT-founded Pika Energy, makers of the Pika Energy Island, a smart energy management system that uses solar panels, lithium batteries, and intelligence to manage your energy and keep you powered even during outages. With a clean, intelligent alternative to grid power, you're in control of your energy future. Pika's Energy Island lets you manage electrical costs with HECO-ready self-supply functions. Pika's largest battery, the Harbor Plus, offers 16 kilowatt hours of stored energy and can power loads of up to 10 kilowatts. And if you need more capacity, just add a second or even third Harbor Smart battery to the same system for a maximum of 48 kilowatt hours of usable storage. Pika Energy, own your power. To learn more, visit pika-energy.com. 
Sundrum Solar is the manufacturer of a revolutionary thermal collector that fits on the underside of your standard PV panel to maximize energy capture per square foot. The Sundrum Solar Hybrid PVT system, combined photovoltaic and thermal, holds the world record for peak efficiency, capturing an astounding 86% usable energy. Learn how Sundrum Solar vastly improves electric, heating, and cooling economics at sundrumsolar.com. All right. Thank you, sponsors, for keeping the Solar Coaster on air. We can't express how much we appreciate you throughout the years. Uh, yeah, uh, really can't. It's, <laughs> it's uh, been amazing. It, it's, it, like we started with the, the plan for 13 shows, right? There you <laughs> it's, go. It's there you into, go. And these sponsors have done some uh, you know, amazing work out here as well. You know, you look at Sonin. Our newest sponsor, Pantech Designs, will, will begin in 2019. Uh, they have a partnership with the Sonin Ecolinks product, who is an existing uh, sponsor of the Solar Coaster, uh, all doing amazing uh, uh, technical advances, really unprecedented stuff, kind of the showstopper of SPI 2018. Right. Uh, and Sundrum's doing some amazing projects out here, and uh, Tabuchi Electric is definitely in market in a big way. So really, um, you know, everybody, uh, Pika's really doing some major major things too. So all our sponsors are really cool guys, So uh, and companies, I should say. So thank you again. Um, we're going to jump right into uh, our show schedule throughout the year and try to get the big takeaways for how renewable energies uh, are advancing and some of the, the things that that happen that hopefully, really inspire us. Hopefully be us. able to predict what's going to happen in this next year. Yeah, we're not going to be able to go through every show, obviously, uh, because that we'd be about 10 seconds a show if we did that. <laughs> but um, yep. the first one that kind of you know hit home for me was uh, on January 12th with SIA. We mm -hmm. were, and SIA is the Solar Energies Industries Association. Uh, Abigail Ross Hopper is the CEO. She deals with the Trump administration and with all the DC activity on behalf of the renewable energy solar industry, basically. Yep. Uh, and uh, we, you know, we had a great um, show with her and there and it was the big conversation was tariffs because yeah, that was at when the it just time happened. that was when they were just talking about what the tariff model is going to look like uh they had an alternative plan as opposed to just a flat rate tariff uh they end up not being entertained by the administration but um yeah tremendous tremendous wealth of knowledge um and and they're really on top of it you know they've been doing so much in dc they give hundreds of meetings she said in a month you know she said just, she was collecting meeting after meeting after collecting meeting. the uh trump uh, hershey kisses is she that what a collection it was? of hershey yeah, kisses from the fantastic. trump the trump uh, administration the yeah that's excellent um <laughs> Yeah, so this tariff went, uh, we know now that this tariff went ahead, um, that we saw a lot of delay and or cancellation in kind of utility scale projects, but it wasn't nearly as much for that for that um, panel tariff. It wasn't just the panel cost. Panel, the surprise the was, cost, yeah. the surprise, I mean, the, the panel cost came down to something like a nickel a panel. Mm -hmm. And it, and they were, and, and at the time, uh, Abby was uh, popularizing the idea of a licensing fee as opposed to a import, uh, license, import yes. licensing fee, yeah. as opposed to the uh, tariffs. And that had to do with where the money went. That didn't, that didn't happen uh, as far as we know it. And, uh, but the, the impact was less just the module uh, tariffs and, but the addition of other equipment like aluminum and different types of equipment that go steel. hand in hand to the BOS just, steel just material. And Materials, costs. and it all it all added up to somewhere we're we're guessing here. We don't have this, you know, uh, it's for sure, close but maybe a quarter a watt or more. Right. And in utility scale, when you're looking at some projects, and I just spoke with Interjects about some costing 
uh, uh, analyses across the country in the lowest cost markets, this is way south of a dollar a, mar a watt that they're installing based on. Right. So if you're looking at 25 cents a watt or more of increase, you can see how that could stall major scale projects, right? Yeah, you it's know. core. It's it's 25 percent increase. What did we just say? We just we just heard a 1.8. What was it? A one gigawatt? 1.6 gigawatt? 1.5. 1.5 so gigawatt. Whatever the 25 cents a watt is. Work, work, work that out. It's a that's lot of money. Awful lot of money. A lot of yeah. money. So um, yeah, th that was kind of the impact. You know, Resi did residential installations. I think plateaued somewhat through 2018. Mm -hmm. We saw some changes there. Uh, I don't know how much that, that those tariffs affected that, but it really was in the utility scale that we saw those impacts. So that's kind of how the uh, concerns started and how it kind of panned out throughout the year. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the next show, Jay, I mean, I don't know which ones you want to focus in on here, but right afterwards, we went right into a show with Hank Rogers. We were also, I mean, we were so excited at this, that stage, this right? Was, this was a run of really, really uh, impressive people, the, the guys, the folks that are out there trying to make a difference. So we had Abby there, who's lobbying hard to make sure that solar is represented and, and, and well taken care yeah. of in, in, in yeah. the industry. We went right into in the next show with Hank Rogers, um, who is the, basically was instrumental in the 2045 for the state of Hawaii uh, mandate, which is now and cascading across the country, which is yeah, that that 100% is the new black. It's it's basically his fault. <laughs> and, and and Hank, hey, we're trying to get Hank on for the beginning of the year we as well. We absolutely will see if we can touch uh, base with him again. Working on that. Yeah. Um, so he's he's going through and supporting um, a, a myriad of efforts across the way. He has his own. Um, company who manufacture um, battery solutions on Big Island, but uh, also the foundation who what are, they're donating land back to the Hawaii Land Trust and, and is super active and now he's, he's kind of spreading across the nation. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, we need visionaries uh, and we need visionaries to set the stage when it's not popular, when it's new. Uh, you know, and, and Tank tells that story really well, and he's been a major part of it. And after Hawaii, then so in California, and mm -hmm. so in Colorado, and now municipalities and cities, New York like City, DC and and <laughs> Cuomo in in New York City, and it's it's all happening. You know, yeah. so and I, I think that you can you can attribute a piece of this to Hank's uh, early early uh, early activity. Yeah. Okay. So that's and then, yeah. And then we went even closer to home. We went uh, we had an interview with uh, Arakawa former mayor yeah mayor Alan, Alan Arakawa and and we learned a tremendous amount about I mean he, he came in and we didn't know what we were gonna get and it was just a tremendous wealth of knowledge all the experience that he's had over the last the, the two terms that he had and 65 years of living here just how things had changed and progressed um, but we learned that we could probably get there really really quickly if a couple pieces of legislation were changed yeah I mean frankly you know when we sat down with uh, mayor Arakawa I felt like I was talking to an adult <laughs> like I was like I was a kid mm -hmm. and he was an adult that's why i felt not just because he's mayor but because of the breadth of his knowledge right he really understood the full scope of how um energy was playing a role in our lives here mm -hmm. and over a timeline over an arc of maybe 60 years he was able to talk about it with just off the cuff right yeah. and when we had like a 10 or 15 minutes scheduled with him and it turned into about an hour i personally really appreciated that because i saw you know what it took and how much a person in that role needed to know and understand and embrace. And then you have a lot of responsibility. But I mean, he gave us some takeaways from that where it was wheeling, mm -hmm. the notion of which is currently not legal in, 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 in Hawaii. Uh, the transferring of energy from one TMK to another is the you know basic explanation of it. But why that's important is that we could create, uh, we could with if that legislation were to pass and it's been proposed a couple of different times, we could really accelerate the deployment of solar. And by his estimation, I believe he said five years. Years, yep. not 20 years in order to go 100% renewable energy, which is an amazing claim. Yeah, it's right? 
and it would uh, save us how much money? I mean, billions the of dollars. The faster we, we, we do export. it, the more we save. Right, because we export all these these dollars every time we go and flip on a light bulb. It's actually imported diesel fuel we're just, from somewhere else. We're, we're just we're sending just quarters sending and dollars yeah. out across the, the oceans to, to other environments. Right. So and we don't need to do that. That's the largest loss of our wealth. Yeah, absolutely. So those were some great shows. Yeah, bam, bam, bam. I did, those... I did promise that I was going to give episode numbers. So so um, oh. the episode with Sia was, was uh, number 36. Uh, Hank Rogers was 36. And uh, our Eleanor Acala is 38. For people who are ones. going back on the website, solar-coaster.com, you can go back and listen to the entirety of those shows. Now, there's a handful of great shows here, which we're not going to touch on too much. But the first one was Sunflower, the Smart Flower Pop, that really cool technology, has since unfortunately gone bankrupt to my knowledge. Yep. Uh, and a great, uh, an exciting type of tech, but this kind of shows the volatility of this industry. It's tough to do the R&D and launch yeah, product I, like I, this. I, 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 do I dislike the fact that they're gone? I do like your little comment here. This ain't gonna be easy. This ain't uh, gonna be easy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we were so excited we, about that. Yeah, you know? we, it was an amazing, cute little thing. You know, you could mm-hmm. literally just drop them down anywhere. They were not small. When you see some of their their promotional pictures, it's hard to get a scale, we a sense cl- of scale. Yeah. But then you see the group in posed in front of it. It was a large thing, but I could imagine a field of these things. Yeah. And they get to fold up and close away when. There, there's inclement weather or whatever else, <laughs> and and it would have been would have been fantastic, but unfortunately they're gone. So yes, this isn't going to be easy. I was Let's just remembering. <laughs> I was just remembering when you were talking about scale, the AR uh, uh, application we made or you made, because yep. yep. I wanted to know the scale. So right. <laughs> it's like the stuff we geek out on. Yep. We also did a great show which I could talk about for hours, but we're not going to get too much into. And that's N Phase episode 39 with the founders Ragu and Martin, uh, amazing engineers and uh, technologists and futurists. And, you know, Enphase is really rounding the corner and doing some uh, amazing things. They're a publicly traded company. They're going to be launching their ensemble. I think it's something like the eighth plus generation of their product soon. That's something I would keep a very close eye on, folks. Uh, Mini Hoover dams. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> they talked about using the, uh, the the national grid as a way to kind of model infinite scalability with, uh, you know, uh, microinverters and mm-hmm. solar panels. And yeah. a lot of really cool stuff going on there. We also had a great episode with your brother, Brian Bearcart, on drones. And we kind of saw how the cottage industry of different types of things really are, interesting are coming that up around it. Solar was maturing enough to support other industries. So you have all these like the, the, the O&M, you call it operating and maintenance uh, kind of concepts. All these other other jobs and industries that can be built around the technology. So it's not just the guys come by and in sell, sell you a system and then run away. Yeah. <laughs> no, I want to add something to this because it, it occurred to me just after we wrote it down, you know, I remember watching a conservative pundit at one point saying, oh, what's, what's solar going to do? This is probably about five eight mm-hmm. years ago it you know solar panels that's a job for electricians that's it who else can be affected i remember this guy saying that and mm-hmm. i thought whoa that is really myopic right <laughs> and and but then since then so much i mean obviously when you, solar is birthed and it becomes a huge part of the economy you have administrative you have you know you have sales you have design you have engineering you have installation one component you have uh, supply chain you have business management you have all these different trades that are bolstered by that right mm-hmm. um so that notion it, this is a great example of that new industries actually spawning or being supported uh by by renewable energy so yeah. that was a really cool show um we also talked about cryptos a little bit with Jason Fellerman that was on it's episode cryptocurrency so oh, did I, did I, did I, you, okay. you shortened it so cryptocurrency cryptocurrency episode 41 that I mean there's yep. a lot going on there that was I mean that's this we're trying to understand what cryptocurrency is first of all because it's a really really difficult concept to kind of get your head around it's like what is this whole online ledger um, blockchain thing and we realized that it would really be an amazing kind of 
vehicle for energy transfer from one to the other. Like if you if wheeling was repealed right. and we could actually sell energy between amongst ourselves, well, how would you do that? Would you just send somebody a bill or could you use something else? And this this online kind of blockchain transaction method really lends itself well to automated systems that all talk to each other and the energy just kind of flows where it needs to be and building an economy around it. So we came up with the concept of this like solar coin that you could you could use in that in that respect. And, and, just, there, actually, and there actually is a solar coin <laughs> that's out there. In fact, if you have uh, any system, what is it, January 2001, I think it was. Oh, jeez, um, I can't remember. Or 10. Maybe it's 10. Anyway, I'm 9. Um, yeah, but anyway, look up solar coin. 10. If you, had, if you had a system that was online any time between 2010 and I think 2015, 2016, um, you can get credit for the energy you generated in this cryptocurrency. And it's not valued quite as high as anything like Bitcoin these days. But just to have it is is an interesting... Well, I mean, that was it's a, a, fill, free, that it's was a free bonus. It was a philanthropic mm-hmm. uh, cryptocurrency foundation that right. basically said, hey, we're going to reward early adopters for putting in solar. In addition to all the rewards they already, rewards they already have, just right. naturally, organically from going into going solar, and you're going to ha- get access to these cryptos. We're going to look back and we're going to say, hey, you've, ac- you've created X amount of carbon-free energy. Therefore, you now have this amount of cr- cryptocurrency solar coin. Yeah. Uh, so just very creative endeavors. You know, it'd be great to check in with those those fellas and find out what's going on with them now. Um, but one of the things we I did want to dive into that was episode that was that was episode forty one by the way, folks. Mm-hmm. A lot in there to look at in terms of cryptocurrencies and renewable energies. But episode forty two, we sat down with uh, Andre uh, Richter of Meyer Burger. Now Meyer mm-hmm. Burger is a tooling manufacturer for bifacial panels. I'm not sure if it's just bifacials, but they do a lot with bifacials. And um, kind of the one, right? And I right. think they were under uh, under an acquisition um, potential or for from Tesla at one point. It kind of gives you a sense of how relevant this organization is. It's a very big organization. I think they're based out of Austria, is it maybe, or Switzerland? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, my, and Andre became a good friend. We, I, when did we meet him? I think I met him at InterSolar a while back. Mm-hmm. And so we started talking over the years. He's been on the show a handful of times. But he came up with something that blew my mind and that was the notion of well what they do they have they have microclimate specific or geographic area specific pv modules and they do that through a variety of little shifts in the way these modules are designed so right now all the modules we're buying they're just standard modules that are made somewhere and shipped everywhere and they really aren't you know specific to a microclimate so they can be optimized for that place but what he's talking about is having specific like size of the wire the smart wire mm-hmm. uh, that transfers the electrons throughout the the, 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 the the module and probably some other technology in there that makes it appropriate for let's say Maui right right and, or appropriate for let's say text like Dallas or something like that really specific areas and then what what goes alongside of that which I thought was very exciting was being able to uh, because of that you could then set up domestic manufacturing for that particular module in that particular area getting rid of the shipping problem and all the carbon problems in maritime which we're going to touch base on later mm-hmm. and the shipping back and forth in the replacement area so really creating a real uh, efficiency in the in the manufacturing process of our energy generation systems and PV modules locally. I mean, and this was a mind-blowing thing. He actually came up with a full uh, scope of what it would take to manufacture all the PV modules through this method for the entire country of the United States. Yeah. I think it was something like, I can't, I don't want to say because I can't remember the exact numbers, but it was amazing. And this is the kind of stuff that's happening out there right now. I think this needs to be a white paper for SPI. It really does need to be. Yeah. <laughs> we, need, we need to get more people on board with that uh, because if you can get rid of that shipping, that's that's the biggest 
ding, I think, right now. It's, oh. it's silicon's easy to find. It's sand. Um, but having having to make them and then ship them halfway around the world, you're, you're blowing out their first couple years' worth of production in just moving them into that into the location that they're right. going to be installed in. Right, and we like to keep those jobs, those manufacturing jobs, local. We actually did a, a, a job count in mm -hmm. that analysis. Uh, and there's the manufacturing site, and then they talk about, he talks about radially assembly plants uh, going out hundreds of miles around the core manufacturing site where the crucibles are. Mm -hmm. uh, really interesting concept because then that creates a lot of jobs. And he had marks on jobs. We're talking about thousands and thousands of jobs. I think his overall uh, complete manufacturing of PV number on jobs was 150,000 jobs across the United States. I remember that number. Which is just unbelievable, yeah. right? Let's let's have that. So there you go. Okay, which one's next, Jay? That was episode forty-two. Well, forty-three was uh, Maui Brewing Company. We brought it again, brought it back home. See what people are doing. Um, Maui Brew is really impressive to me. I mean, this is a, this is a company that is has is now world renowned, um, not just for the beer, but for the fact that they are. I, I think. Uh, in the next couple of days, they're going to flip that switch, and they're going to be a, like 100%, close to 100% renewable, right? Is that, yeah. That's the deal. They're, what they're putting on their new thermal recapture system, uh, being able to turn it on. So they've already been 33-whatever-percent renewable energies, and now they're going to 100%. So all the beer you get is... Um, what, it, what did he say? Foam to table, Foam lowest table. lowest carbon footprint. <laughs> I mean, these guys are real innovators, <laughs> and, and you got to give them real credit because they're out there. They're, they've created a business model that relies on renewable energy and sustainable systems, and and, and as much recycling of, of of their inputs as possible. Mm -hmm. And that's it's really clearly, genuinely a, a goal of theirs. And it's yeah. not it's not just greenwashing, right? They're really engaged in this in a, in, in a heavy way, and it's working for them. That's it. It's profitable. In fact, we later on in episode sixty two, we had. Russell Atkins, the CFO of Maui Brew, come in and walk us through the process yeah. of exactly how can it be done, how the total cost of ownership actually comes down, and how it's profitable. So you can get there much earlier than uh, than everybody says you can. Yeah, that episode with with um, with Russell was sixty two yep. later on down the road, but he said some interesting things. We really wanted to get a money man in. Because mm -hmm. he's just looking at those digits, and yeah. you know, we we tend to get impassioned, and whereas we, our eyes you know, kind of gloss over, and we can easily uh, you know kind of make decisions in a lot of different ways. But he is a strictly a numbers guy, and he said something interesting to me. I thought he said that it was uh, tax rates. The we get a one dollar and about three cents of tax benefits for every benefits for every dollar of input uh, in renewable energies and a business side for uh, renewable energies here in the state of Hawaii. That that's that means that you're getting paid. You're getting it's, paid to implement renewable energies, yes. It's not just 100% you're not, getting, you're not, getting, a, not just you're to actually get, not just to wash. You're it. actually getting paid to do it. And how he came up with that math, I wasn't 100% sure, but I asked him to say it a couple of times. Like, what do you mean? Yep. He's like, yeah, it's a dollar and three in, cents. It's in that show, episode 62. Check it out. And he has some great <laughs> ways to, t to explain you know, why and how the, the math works, but he used that Home Depot and Lowe's bucket conversation. He's like, hey, sure. look, you're going to yeah. pay that many of the feds in the state anyway. You might as well put it into your own, the other bucket, which is your your institution or your home, right? right? which is great. So. Yeah. So what is the next one you want to cover? Uh, so after that, we did the Maui Energy Conference, right? That was in, in March. Um, the last, the final, unfortunately, but fortunately, Maui Energy Conference. Going forward, it's going to be called the Hawaii Energy Conference. Um, and we got to talk to a tremendous number of people there. Um, the big conversation was carbon, right? Yes, it was about decarbonization, not just renewables. And that kind of surprised me because um, I, I really, you know, it's I, I'm, always, I'm always kind of surprised that like, 
how little I know. Sure. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't be. Maybe I should stop being surprised. I don't know. I'm never surprised. No. <laughs> about how little Josh knows. Yeah. Right. I know you're really comfortable with that. Um, but, but no, it's like the, when we got into that, the whole conversation was uh, it's been renewable, 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 renewable. And then it became, hey, wait a second. What's someone the impact needs, of deployment of all these renewables? Fine. Germany. What that really means. Yeah. Well, Germany was the case study. And sure. Germany was the concern because you had that, you know, very aggressive launch towards renewable energies. Yep. Uh, you know, early on, these huge bounce on renewable energy, just paying more for renewable energy created, you know, uh, kilowatt hours, yep. and then also deactivating, I believe, uh, the nuclear reactors. Yep. So doing those two things simultaneously actually increased their carbon expen- outputs, right. from what I understand, right? right? So, and then, then it's like, well, what are we doing here? We're, we're, it's actually is, a movement in the wrong direction, right? We just exacerbated climate change by putting in a bunch of solar panels. Uh, yeah, no, makes, we don't no want to do that again. And no. <laughs> and so Maui Energy Conference, you know, took the the bull by the horns uh, on that discussion point, and then moved that down the road. And and now that conversation is kind of maturing. It's how do we go? Because now you hear that in the 100% renewable energy mandates, not just 100% renewable energy, but 100% carbon uh, carbon free, or what is what is the term they're using actually? But like not introducing yeah, it more is, carbon. Yeah, it is. It is carbon free that yeah. they're saying but um the other thing that came out of that maui energy conference was that we really need younger people excited and i don't mean younger people like our children in the room here i mean um people in their mid-20s fresh out of university fast thinkers fast movers who are um really impassioned about getting things done yeah, I mean, there was some. Uh, I think uh, Doug McLeod, who's been on the show a handful of times, who is the the I think one of the major organizers of the Maui Energy Conference, now titled the Hawaii Energy Conference, uh, upcoming in March of 2019. Uh, you know, he basically said, "Hey guys, you know, we need to get some young people in here." I mean, mm-hmm. a great interview with him, and then he did bring out a couple of uh, really engaged, brilliant young people, like Gavin. I think was his name from mm-hmm. uh, Utility Dive. Maybe he's a senior yep. senior staff reporter there, but like a 24, 20, 26 year old guy. Yeah, uh, that's just brilliant. And so, yeah, he said, oh, find us some solar superstars. Remember he said that to yep, us before yep. SPI? Young people that are, you know, ready to come out here and be a part of this conversation. And he kept using the, the silver-haired folks. He's like, we got to get beyond the silver-haired <laughs> folks. I'm kind of in the middle he of did, that He right did now. say that. Yeah, we listened to that last night. I was, I was <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that was us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was, uh, that was uh, I think, a good environment. And the Maui Energy Conference, I def- it's kind of become the premier uh, renewable Hawaii energy, energy conference. conference is going to be a big thing yeah. this year coming up in one. March. It's the one. So right. come out and check that out, folks. So right around that same time, we had um, some new utility programs start to show up, and that was the CSS kind of conversation. Um, CSS is consumer self-supply, which means you basically produce and consume your own energy. We talked about this on the show before. Um, but there's ways that you can really game that. And because the battery technology has matured enough, um, you can actually achieve what is called now zero grid buy, which means you are connected and you have the grid as a backup, but you are not purchasing any of your energy from the grid. Yeah, and this had to do specifically with Tabuchi Electric pairing up with uh, John Borland, who's a mm-hmm. brilliant uh, analyst in the energy space and ha- and actually an, uh, an owner of a CSS system, one of the first in Oahu, mm-hmm. and he, you know, he's the kind of guy that's got all these spreadsheets and all these PowerPoints. He's been presenting at Solar Power International since Vegas, and also over in where were we last time, Anaheim. Uh, and he basically showed us how to how to take CSS 
uh, on-grid solar plus batteries, and then in a not too sophisticated fashion, nothing really crazy with technology. I mean, some some controls and how and when we use yeah, simple lifestyle changes, and then optimize it. And he got to a place where he, I remember the number, two point eight years. Uh, simple pay, simple payback period, yeah. or whatever the thirty plus percent ROI is, that is uh, coincides with that. So, yeah. I, I, really amazing because he said he's like this was faster ROI for me than um, or better ROI for me than Nem would have been, which was which is just hard to even kind of you know conceptualize conceptualize yeah, for most sense. people. But there are strategies we could talk more about that. You do check out that show. Which one was that, Jay? Um, that looked like virtual. Off- 40, is that 47? Yeah, virtual off-grid. Uh, yeah, somewhere, somewhere in there. Borland's Borland. in there somewhere. Yeah. They're all titled that way, folks, if you want to check <laughs> it out, right? Next up, 52. Um, so this is our first conversation with uh, Boris von Bormann, who oh, was yeah. the um, CEO of Mercedes Energy Americas for the, the home battery division. And unfortunately, we now know that Mercedes um, kind of backed off, and they're not doing home batteries at this point. So... Um, it was a really interesting conversation with him because now he's out there championing EVs and wants to uh, wants to accelerate that transition, just like um, Musk and a number of others. Uh, he's got his own startup now. What's the name of the company? I don't remember. Which one? Uh, <laughs> Boris. Boris. Oh, Renew Ventures. Renew Ventures. That's right. Um, so Renew Ventures is out there. They're they're looking at um, just cap of venture capital uh, investing in the EV in the EV space to accelerate that EV conversation. Fund? Yeah, something something like that. So um, so Boris's whole conversation is is all about EVs, and we really this started a run for me where we were EV 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 EV. So really seeing how this this electric vehicle and the electrification of ener- everything. It's not just EVs, but the electrification of the house, electrification of of office buildings. And you think of electrification, but I mean you still have um, regular propane gas, so induction cooktops instead of your regular propane or uh, whatever, uh, natural gas yeah. kind of cooktop. And and those types of things are going to be all transitioned because it's going to be more efficient to use those technologies. And actually, over time, uh, we talked about this too, is, is if less people are using gasoline, less people are using propane, et cetera, et cetera, it's actually going to get more expensive because it costs so much that the importation charges don't really change. Yeah, right. You, yeah. To, to move a ship from California to here, it's not going to change. If anything, it's going to get more expensive. Um, so that happened, and we have um, at least three or four shows. We went around to all the in episode seventy-two. We went to all the um, the Maui dealerships around here. And right. again, I, th- I thought we were going to get kicked out, um, but actually they, they were very very happy to talk to us. There's a tremendous the amount car dealerships, of, yeah, yeah. The, car, the actual car dealerships. So we went into all of those, uh, and and it was it was interesting to hear from them. They're all very very enthusiastic about the technology that seems like everybody has their every showroom kind of has their ev specialist <laughs> yeah, you know that e, that electrification of transpo conversation that might the way i look at that very 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 succinctly is w- there's a lot of um discussion a lot of uh, energy there's there's loads of cars that are being specced and designed there's probably 40 50 of them right now maybe even more so we, the last mm-hmm. time we have like 38 that was the beginning of 18 yep. um and, but from the la auto show we just we, we just talked to the guys at rivian the Ep- new, episode new 82 and um, we learned, you know, from from Boris again that we basically that there was it's not quite ready to clip over, but it's almost there. That the, the, the everything's kind of percolating. It's but it's so very close. And the issue I think is, is Rivian's right on it. Is that the models that are out there still aren't quite the ones that people want to buy. 
that's what I heard from the dealerships, and that's what I've seen from Rivian and, and but there's a number a major other people, appetite. But there's a major well, the, appetite for it. Everybody's interested. You no, know, we got it from the LA Auto Show. We got it from Rivian. We got it from uh, Boris. We got it from you know a lot of different places, and from our local dealership uh, and the local community here. And mm -hmm. you have what's going on right now with Maui Electric and the, uh, taking over the Hitachi the EV and charge charging, EV yeah, charging. Exactly. So that whole group of, of kind of influencing uh, groups and uh, people, and, and it says that this thing is is going to happen. It's going to happen in a big way. It's very very close to uh, that actually clipping over. Yeah. Right? There's yeah. Not quite there yet. Um, so yes, what is the other one? We also that was Boris. We also had a, a conversation with Marco on Hawaii Island when the geothermal um, uh, what was it called again? The geothermal plant was take was actually taken over by the lava, right? Yeah, overtaken. Overtaken. Over. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> it was buried, unfortunately, yeah. and they lost um, uh, something like twenty percent of their firm or 20, 20... 25 percent of their firm. I mean, this this geothermal plant was a basically expected to be Big Island's renewable energy showpiece yeah. forever, and it was a loss. So they had a mass massive setback. Yeah, and then of course we uh, one of the big things that happened this year. And we only got a couple minutes uh, left here, folks. But as we went to SPI, we did our first live radio show in Anaheim, California, on the trade show floor. We the content that we brought to the table was. Um, EcoShip, which mm -hmm. discusses the influence of maritime sector on carbon dioxide, something like 3% of global carbon dioxide emissions mm -hmm. are yep. attributed to maritime. Since then- And they have no clear path forward. That's the problem. Well, just recently, just just recently, we have Maersk and a couple of other major shipping groups that mm -hmm. are pledging to completely change their impact and their, their their contribution to global carbon dioxide emissions. So this is how fast this is this is moving, folks, right yeah. here. I mean, you look in at- a, In a single year, this is all the stuff all we've, we've heard about. So of course, we uh, wanted to cover a lot more more, but we did pretty good. I think we covered the well, we've event. Been, we've been covering it all year. If you were interested in these shows and way much more, we talked with Greg about the Greg Kresge uh, about all the new programs that are available to residents of Maui County. Um, go on our website, solar-coaster.com. Click into any topic that you're interested in. We've tried to label them appropriately, uh, but they're all online and you can listen to everything. I think 2019 is going to be the big year for renewable energies and that's, for the change that's my in the hope. way we do let's, things. Let's make so, 2019 the year that humanity decides to save itself. There you go. I love it. I love right. it. Sounds yes. good. Yep, Any yep. final words, kids? Yeah. Mm -hmm. no? Okay. Say ciao. This was awesome. <laughs> All right. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, you very sir. much for coming on, on, on board with us, uh, kids. Okay, so there you go, folks. Last show of the year. Uh, th this is the Solar Coaster sponsored by Maui Solar Project, Tabuchi Electric America, Sonin, Pika, Sundrum Solar, and... Pantech Designs, thank you very much for a great 2018. We look forward to an awesome 2019. Happy New Year. Well, happy New Year, folks. Aloha. Happy fun. New Year.